start to, to attack him and start to go after them. And, and so whoever this is who's writing it, I'm just going to say Paul because I just am going to say Paul. So what Paul is saying is, hey, hey, stop it. Remember what I taught you. Remember what you have learned. Remember the things that you grabbed hold of when first you came to this understanding that Jesus is the Messiah. Remember what it means to be a community. Remember what it means to hold tight together. And in this chapter 10, he's going through this whole section of just persevering amidst all of the trials and tribulations that are going on. And one of the key elements, he says, is do not forget to gather together. Do not forget to come together and worship. If you remember how the church was birthed in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, it says that they gathered together, right? They gathered together. They constantly met together in one another's homes. They constantly shared meals together. They constantly read. They constantly prayed together. They were together out of the necessity for their very lives. Now we're coming to a time point where it's not necessarily for their lives that they have to get together together. But Paul is reminding them, hey, some people may not find this important, but we know better. So stop it and gather together. Now, what's he talking about, this worship thing, this gathering together in a state of worship? Now, this could go many different directions. And I sat down with Ruth Ann and Daryl this week for uh, an hour and talked about this scripture. And it was great sitting with the two worship leaders of our community um, and just letting them just pour their knowledge and their wisdom into me. It was really such a cool time for me to, to sit with them and to hear them talk about what worship is. And you can say, okay, what is worship? And you can go a lot of different directions with that. I am going to make it very simple. And knowing that you can go all these different directions and just say the biggest encompassing part of what worship is, is participating in the story of God. It's participating in the story of God. When we come together as a body and worship, we are participating in experiencing the story of God, understanding what it means to be loved by God. That's worship. Now, it can be done in many different ways. But the thing that holds it together, this glue that binds it, is this understanding that when we gather together, we are participating in experiencing the story of God. There's a huge importance to that. Here's why. Some of you may have heard that the Pew, uh, you know, the Pew Research Institute um, that does all these different researches and polls and, and asks people questions, and they're very pushy about things. Um, they, they recently came out with a, a new report on religion and faith and where it stands, Christianity stands in America. Anybody familiar with what I'm talking about, the recent poll that came out? Christians did not do well in this latest poll. Um, we dropped large percentage points. People who claim to be Christian. We went from now and, you know, people are start waving the, the ship sinking. We went from 78 to 70 percent. Um, so we're still up there. Right. Uh, but if even one is lost, you know, there's a little scripture about that. So uh, so we're dropping this, this huge percentage. Do you know where the greatest like because like the people got to go somewhere. Do you know where the greatest increase went? To people who don't believe in anything. 
we're losing people, not just out of Christianity, not just out of mainline Christianity, not just out of Catholicism or evangelical or Protestantism or what other ism you want to talk about. We are losing people to nothing. We are losing people to atheism, to agnosticism, to eh, I don't care. I got nothing, which is one of the actual answers. Eh, I don't know how you spell that exactly, but it was very well put. What does that tell you? Where did that come from? Here's my theory. Is because before this study was done in 2014, I think it actually was done and it was published in 2015. Before this study was done, there have been multiple studies upon studies upon studies that have said attendance and worship gatherings is just going down and down and down and down and down. For decades, people have stopped coming to worship. For decades, people have stopped gathering together. They have not listened to what Paul says to the people of Rome in the book of Hebrews and say, don't forget the importance of gathering together. My belief is that when people stop showing up here, eventually, eventually, there becomes a fracture in the relationship. Here's the thing. Have you ever... Uh, Jenna's 20th high school reunion is coming up next year. And, um, yay, class of 95, right? I guess that makes sense. Um, and, uh, and mine has already come and, come and gone a few years ago. I didn't go back. I went to high school in the Northern California, San Francisco Bay area. And I, I didn't go back to my 20th high school reunion. And Jenna's like, do you want to go? I didn't even, I know nothing about even if it existed. I'm not on Facebook, so I didn't get any Facebook, Irvington High School, you know, 20th anniversary, whatever. I know nothing about what's going on. You know how many people I keep in contact with from my high school? Bagel. None. Zero. Here's the thing. I used to keep in contact. Anybody know Amon Kashup? Anybody? Of course not. He was my high school buddy. He and I were on the basketball team together. And we, uh, and we spent years together just in the gym playing basketball. And he was, I mean, I was tight with him. He, he was from a Hindu family, um, which was awesome. And I'd go over to his house, and they had little, um, you know, remember the plastic uh, things you would put on couches so that people wouldn't mess up the furniture? They had them all over their carpets. And it was so funny. And Amon, um, as his rebellion, would walk off the plastic and go like, what? Until his mom showed up. And he was like, no, we were on the plastic, Mom. Um, but uh, I just, you know, I have just such fond memories for this kid. Uh, he's, I mean, he's my age for this, for this man. No idea what he's doing. No idea where he lives. No idea if he's married. No idea if he has children. The fact of the matter is that our relationship was like this in high school. And then I went on to college and he didn't. I came down to Texas to go to college, and it just year after year after year after year after year after year, and 20 years later, I have no idea if he even is alive. The less time I spent with him, the more of the gulf in our relationship became. To at some point, his existence, I don't know. My belief in this gathering together to experience the story of God and to find our place in the story of God is, it is so important that you come together to remember that relationship. 
that the more times you take away, we take away, I take away from entering into this gathering together and understanding what it is to be a part of the story of God, the more I am away from that, the more my relationship starts to go away. The more people said, you know what, I'll go to church next week. Wow, I was up late last night. I'll go next week. I'll go next week. I'll go next week. I'll go next week. God who? That might be a little condemning. You might be sitting there thinking, wow, hello, Captain Judgmental. And you might be right. But I think gathering together is so vastly important. Here's the thing. I have said in the past, many years ago, I know, I hate that, Rick. I have said many years ago that I believed you could worship other places. You can, you can find worship. I could find worship in the Guadalupe River with a fly rod in my hand by myself. And that has come back to bite me from people who are like, oh, yeah, I don't come to church anymore because I remember that one time you said this. Oh, that's not actually what I meant. Yeah, I can have time with God and I can find communion and I can find relationship with God by myself in a river with a fly rod in my hand. But here's the thing that I miss. I miss your story. I miss who you are. I miss who God is creating you into being. I miss the sons and the daughters that that come here and that God is saying, I am continuing to write my story through these people. My story didn't end when the scripture was finished. My story continues, and it continues through the Snyders, and it continues through the Angulos, and it continues through the Smiths and the Crockers, and it continues through all of us. My story is being written right now through the very people who come on Sunday mornings to gather together. So when you're not here, oh, you're missing a chapter. Because part of coming here, part of coming into this part of the story is, is learning what it feels like. Me, coming into this story, coming here. It, I get to learn what it feels like to be a single woman. I get to learn what it feels like to be divorced. I get to see the world through the eyes of a Democrat. I think some of you are out here. I I get to see the world through the eyes of someone who is a different ethnicity than I. I get to see the eyes maybe through someone who has a different sexual preference than I do. And here's the thing. If I don't allow myself to see God's story through all of these different people, if I don't allow myself to see God's story and what God is doing and how God is rearranging each one of us and creating us new and different and saying, hey, you need a little sharpening right here and I want you to grow more into this person. If I don't allow myself to see this, then I don't enter into the full story of God. And not only do I separate myself from my relationship with God, I separate myself from my relationship with his sons and his daughters. You might be thinking, you may have turned me off a while ago, and that's okay. I do that to myself all the time. I stop listening every Sunday most of the time. Like, is it time to stop? You might be thinking, well, 
how do I get to know the story of the people that come here on Sunday morning if all we ever do is sing songs and then we sit down and we listen and then we leave? Exactly. Exactly. How are you going to get to know the story of the people who come and sit around you if all you ever do is come late and leave early? If all you ever do is come in, you sing the songs, and then you get up when the sermon's over and you leave. Or you do the drive-through communion. Communion time, you come, you get it, and you hit the door. How are we going to truly understand what it means to be brothers and sisters? How are we truly going to understand and get involved in the story of one another and in the story of God? Unless we stop every now and then. Say, hey. My name's Michael. I want to invite you into my story. Let me, let me share my story with you so that maybe you can understand and have some eyes to see what the world looks like from a father who has a kid with special needs. It may never touch you, but it's going to shape you. How am I ever going to understand what it feels like? Unless I get into your story and I stop every now and then and go, hey, could, could you share with me a little bit of your story? Help me understand what the world looks like from your eyes. There's this term, zimzum. Everybody say zimzum. Zimzum is a Hebrew word and it comes from the creation story. When God created the world, he zimzumed. What it means is God was everywhere and God is all filling and God was just, in essence, everything. And in order for God to create the world in existence, he had to contract himself a little bit. He, ta- he had to pull himself back just a little so that other stuff could get in. So that he pulls himself, he zimzums himself back so that we can come into existence. A lot of times in our consumeristic culture and society and our world, we believe that our story is the only important story. We're told everywhere that it's about you. In order for us to truly understand one another, we've got to zimzum a little bit. We've got to contract ourselves so that we may allow other stories in. This is the story of the table. This is the story of Jesus. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, did not have to go through what he went through. He was fully God and fully man. That night in the garden when he is desperate, knowing what is coming, I believe that he pulls himself back a little bit. But not my will. Yours be done. He removes himself a little bit so that more story could happen. As we come to the table this morning, some of you may um, mind be scattered right now. Uh, Some of you may be um, angry with me or someone else right now. Some of you may be bored out of your mind right now. Some of you may be excited. Bring those stories. Bring those stories to the table. But don't leave them here.
take them back and share them with one another. My translation didn't say it. But one of the translations says, warn people. He uses the word warn. The importance of gathering together is so important. Warn people that we need to gather together to be a part of the story of God. If you're assisting with communion, if you would come forward at this time.